You're listening to Comedy Central. November 28, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. is the former vice president and current climate change activist. Al Gore is here, everybody! Yeah! He, he stopped by to pick up uh, our recycling, so I figured while he's here, we may as well chat. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. First up, the Russia investigation. It's back in the news. And at this point, this thing is like a sale at a used Honda dealership. It never ends. Well, you may remember a few months ago, special counsel Robert Mueller convinced Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, to flip against Trump. But now it turns out Manafort may have double flipped. Let's start with our top story. This new revelation raising some big questions this morning about what is going on in the Russia investigation. Was former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort playing both sides in effect. The New York Times reporting overnight that Paul Manafort's lawyer repeatedly briefed President Trump's lawyers about his client's discussions with Mueller's team after the former Trump campaign chairman already agreed to cooperate with the special counsel. Manafort's move, a highly unusual arrangement that several legal experts this morning suspect may be a bid for a presidential pardon. That's right, resting snitch face over here. Has apparently been telling Trump what's happening in the Mueller investigation. Yeah, telling him everything that Mueller is thinking about, what they're doing. It's like when your friend takes a test in the second period, and then at recess he tells you what to expect when you go in for the test. Yeah. (laughs) Although I bet even with the answers, Trump could still mess it up. (laughs) He'll be like, now if I can't remember the answer, I'm just gonna put B. (laughs) Sir, did you ever meet with Vladimir Putin? B. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering, how did Mueller figure out that Manafort was being shady? Well, you see, the thing about Manafort is he has a very subtle tell whenever he's lying. Here he is in 2016 being asked about Trump and Russia. And you watch carefully and tell me if you can pick up any signs of deception. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That's what he said. That's what I said. That's obviously what our position is. In other news, President Trump is still fighting his own administration's climate change report released earlier uh, last week, right? And uh, like the climate, his arguments are getting worse. President Trump explaining why he is so skeptical of his own administration's report on the dire consequences of climate change. He tells the Washington Post, quote, one of the problems that a lot of people like myself We have very high levels of intelligence, but we're not necessarily such believers. You look at our air and our water, and it's right now at a record clean. Clearly, clearly the president doesn't believe in the science or the English, because (laughs) if you're trying to say you're too smart to believe in climate change, it doesn't help when your argument ends with, it's right now at a record clean. (laughs) Like, it makes him sound super dumb, or maybe, Maybe Trump is so intelligent that he's leaving English behind. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's developing something totally new. You know, like he's he's like those aliens from the movie Arrival. 
Like, we just need Amy Adams to interpret for us. There is a cooling and there is a heating. You go global warming, there's no climate change. They go now, it's sort of, I hear a lot of extreme weather. If it's cold, it's okay. If it's hot, it's okay. If it's windy, if it's hot, if you have to, everything's extreme. Trust me, I'm like a smart person. She was trying. She was really trying. All right, moving on. Ivanka Trump is back in the news, this time because she solved the border crisis. Yeah! I'm just kidding, she <laughs> up again. I'm delighted that early in the administration, you used your private email for White House business. Your father had taken Hillary Clinton to task for this, so how did you wind up in a similar situation? Well, there really is no equivalency. My emails have not been deleted, nor was there anything of, of of substance, uh, nothing confidential that was within them. So there's no connection between the two things. Your father hammered Hillary Clinton on this, said that it was criminal, she should be locked up. Hillary Clinton is guilty. She knows it, the FBI knows it, the people know it. Okay, first of all, what the hell is going on with Trump there? <laughs> He's got the hat pulled down and you can't see his face doing this weird thing with his hand. It's almost like he went through a weird Michael Jackson phase in the middle of the campaign. You know, it was just like, ah, Shimona. Ah. I asked, I asked Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Are you okay? She's not okay, folks, she's not okay. You know why MS-13 gotta build a wall? Anyway, anyway, back to Ivanka. Uh, I actually believe her when she says that she wasn't using her private account for important work emails because in order to have important work emails, you have to do important work. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. Her inbox is probably just goop newsletters and thousands of unopened emails from Eric. That's all it probably is. <laughs> and you know what's amazing here? You know what's amazing? Is that not only is Ivanka's email scandal similar to Hillary's, but the excuses sound the same too. They're all stored on the White House system. So everything has been preserved, everything's been archived. They were captured and preserved immediately on the system at the State Department. All part of the public record. Public for everyone to see. And there's no prohibition from using private email. It was allowed, others had done it. We all have private emails and personal emails to coordinate with our family. Private personal emails emails about planning Chelsea's wedding, as well as yoga routines, family vacations, the other things you typically find in inboxes. Lock them up. Lock them up. Have them share a cell. Make it a reality show. <laughs> All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on. We have to talk about the big news of the day. And I mean big news. A man in Australia believes he owns the largest steer in the country. So this is the herd. Wait for it. Look at this thing. We're going to see it in just a second. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. His name oh is Nickers. He is six feet, four inches tall, and weighs almost 3,000 pounds. That's almost as tall as Michael Jordan and as heavy as a Mini Cooper. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> There's tons of news happening in the world right now. I know there's Trump. I know there's things in Brexit with Britain. I know, but look at that thing! <laughs> what is going on in Australia? Why is every animal down under so weird? <laughs> every animal, their ducks have fur. 
The kangaroos have a built-in tummy purse. Like, I feel like Australia's doping all their animals like they're rushing to athletes. This is like some crazy guy in Australia's like, oh yeah, I'm finished with my super spiders. Now I'm like a cow the size of Michael Jordan. <laughs> what are you guys doing down there? And honestly, I like, that cow is so glorious, right? I bet it's so glorious that last night the Pope converted to Hinduism. He was like, you know what, they're right, cows, man. I've been rolling with Jesus for too long. Now, when I saw this giant cow, the first thing I thought was, this is some dope weed. <laughs> but a lot of other people saw that cow, and they took it to a really dark place. Oh, his massive size is also what saved him. Nickers is too big for the meat processing facility, so he will live out the rest of his life with his herd. He's too heavy for the abattoir, so he'll live out his days in the paddock. Unfortunately, some bad news if you like an extra big T-bone steak. Why are you trying to eat the giant cow? <laughs> the world only has one giant cow, and your only thought is, supersize me. <laughs> Just eat two normal cows. It tastes the same. Why are people trying to kill the cow? And you know what? Luckily, even if they want to, they can't kill him. He cannot fit inside the abattoir. Which, by the way, is such a white people problem to have. Because in Africa, they'll be like, no, we can, we can kill that cow. We can find a way. Don't worry about the machine. We can kill that cow. But luckily in Australia, they can't kill him. Yeah. So Nickers the cow can do whatever he wants. Like, what are you gonna do about it? He's unkillable. Yeah, like I'm hoping that one day the farmer's gonna come home, he's gonna find the cow sitting on his couch watching his TV with his arm around his wife, and the farmer's gonna be like, bloody hell, cow, what are you doing in my house? And the cow's gonna be like, look at me, look at me. I am the farmer now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight, is a Nobel laureate and climate change activist who will be hosting the Climate Reality Project's eighth annual 24 Hours of Reality broadcast. Please welcome former Vice President Al Gore. to the show. Yeah, great, great to see you. Thank really you. good to have you here. 24 hours of reality. We yeah. saw a little clip of that, but what is the show about and what is it trying to do? Well, we go all around the world to each time zone, and this year's uh, focus is on climate and health because the climate crisis is also a global health crisis right. for a, a lot of reasons. But we go to every single time zone in the world, and we have uh, heads of state, we have a lot of uh, entertainers and celebrities uh, and grassroots uh, activists, leaders and original films from different parts of the world. And the objective is to show people exactly what the climate crisis is all, is all about, why it's so serious, what the solutions are, and to encourage people to be active and encourage their elected leaders to change the policies. I mean, this is a global emergency after right. all. It really and truly is. And the pressure has to come from the grassroots up. We're going to be in 750 million homes this year. Homes aren't viewers, but we had 40 million online viewers last year. We hope that the total viewership will be much larger this right. year. And the health uh, focus is really important because a lot of people get motivated when they learn about the threat to human health. You, you want the grassroots support. You want people applying pressure. Um, when you look at world leaders, 
They have to make a decision on what is happening. And the question I ask is, is it getting worse? It feels like every single week we receive a report of how the climate is changing faster or yeah. the effects may be felt sooner. You know, 2040 was the, 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 the latest number that we saw. Is this something that you are seeing in the numbers as well? Well, yeah, it's getting worse for sure. And it's getting worse faster than we are developing the solutions. However, we are gaining a lot of momentum on things like renewable energy, solar and wind, batteries, electric vehicles. We need to tackle sustainable agriculture and sustainable forestry and manufacturing, retrofitting buildings. It's a huge challenge. But here's the thing. We are treating the atmosphere as an open sewer. It's a very thin shell around the planet, and we're changing it dramatically by dumping 110 million tons of man-made heat-trapping global warming pollution into right. it every day. The cumulative amount now traps as much extra heat energy every day as would be released by 500,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every 24 hours. It's a big planet, but that is an enormous amount of energy. That's why the temperatures are going up, the water cycle's being disrupted with these huge rain bombs. Right, right, right. The flooding gets worse. Sea level is rising as the ice melts. And the fires, look at the fires in California just recently, horribly tragic and, and deadly. And we've had them for the last several years, and they're getting worse. And in South Africa, Cape Town almost ran out of water right, right, last year. Right, because of the year. drought that lasted forever. But uh, I, I, I wish to challenge you on some of your facts, because um, there was a, a very famous scientist uh, who lives in the White House who said this <laughs> um, today. He said, um, he said, the oceans are very small, yeah. and our air and water <laughs> are at record clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are our air and water at record clean? Well, first of all, it depends on where you live because poor and minority communities get the worst of this. But the U.S. air is cleaner because of some of the laws that Donald Trump is now trying to get rid of. Right. We passed the Clean Air Act and other measures, and he's trying to eliminate that stuff. But, you know, it's really significant, Trevor that Donald J. Trump is now the face of climate denial. His voice is the voice of climate denial. And there are those who are still giving him their loyalty and trust, and I get that, believe me, but the vast majority of Americans, not to mention all around the world, are really kind of, they've had it with right. the constant craziness, if you want to call it that way. I think we do want to call it that yeah. way. Yeah. And, and when, he, it, when he's the, the principal global face of, of climate denial, I think that's a cue. You know, in physics, there's this uh, well-known principle for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. I think that some of the mobilization that is really building, we saw it in the election three weeks ago with, with the blue wave, I think part of that is a reaction to what Donald Trump is saying and doing. When you look at a man with that much power who does not seem to be in line with what many scientists yeah. are saying, um, do you think to yourself that maybe we need to relook at how laws are written with respect to things like climate change? I mean, you look at, you look at Congress, you look at the House, you look at the Senate, there are very few scientists left. I mean, there was a time when there were a few, but there are basically no scientists now. Is it 
normal or is it right to have people who do not understand science writing laws about it? Well, actually, some of the newly elected members of Congress have science backgrounds, so that's changing, too. Looks like they're going to be for a net gain of 40 new Democratic seats in, in the House. Uh, and it's partly because people registered to vote and went and voted. And young people voted in record numbers. Right. And there's another election coming up in 2020. And now this experiment with Trumpism is not going very well. Uh, in... <laughs> And by the way, in science and medicine, some experiments are terminated early for ethical reasons. Uh, and, uh, so, but, but at the outside, at the outside, there will be an opportunity a little bit less than two years from right now for people who've had enough of this stuff right. to register and vote in large numbers and make a statement that we want to get back on the track to the real America and the real American dream. There's an interesting report that came out last month uh, from the UN. And in many ways, I feel like Trump is using this as his argument. Um, it basically predicted, you know, hell on earth. And it talked about how things are really going bad. But, but the emissions gap was really interesting. That was released yesterday yeah, right, yeah. by the United Nations. Yeah. And what they said is the G20 countries are collectively not on track to meet their unconditional right. emissions <laughs> pledges for 2030. So right. countries that are not on track to make it include Argentina, Australia, Canada, um, the EU28, Korea, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and the US, right? Yeah, and the EU. Right. Yeah. So now Trump is arguing if nobody else is meeting their requirements, why should the US put themselves at a disadvantage and, you know, lose money and work with regulations when the rest of the world is not going to come to the table? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, since the end of World War II, there's been one leader of the community of nations, and that has been the United States of America. If we abdicate our leadership role, then that lets some of the other countries off the hook. What is really needed is the reassertion of U.S. leadership. And the, the good news is we have the solutions available. We don't need any miraculous new technological breakthrough. If right. you've got one, fine, we'll take it. But we already have what we need to solve this problem. What we need most now is the policy that implements these solutions. The taxpayers around the world are still being forced by governments to subsidize the burning of carbon-rich fossil fuels at a rate 38 times larger than the meager subsidies for solar and wind and other solutions. We need to change that. But, you know, honestly, the, the bad news has been coming in with these reports, right. the National Climate Assessment here in the U.S. Uh, just a few days ago, the latest IPCC report, the international report, Mother Nature speaking up with the, all the catastrophes I referred to. We've heard. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it, it is hard at times to hear all that and feel the tragedy of it. Uh, and, and maintain your hope and optimism that we're going to solve this problem. Right. I continue to believe that we will because we have faced almost insurmountable obstacles in the past in the civil rights movement, women's suffrage, more recently gay and lesbian rights, you can anti-apartheid. Right. Uh, and we have rallied as human beings to do what's right. But the chips are down now, and we really have to get serious about confronting this global emergency. And when we do, we can create jobs and uh, make the air and water cleaner right. around the world uh, and, and save our future.
Okay, if you're talking about being serious, there is one area of uh, the environment that everyone has said needs to be worked on, and as you said, it's agriculture. How do we grow our food, including yeah. animals? Cows are some of the largest producers <laughs> of methane. <laughs> are, yeah. you, are you willing to kill the giant cow? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I loved your bit that this is a white people problem. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. 24 hours of reality will begin December 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the live broadcast can be streamed at 24hoursofreality.org. Former Vice President Al Gore, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.